Hey, hi, how you doing? Welcome to Janetto. It's a podcast with me, comedian Carl Janetto. Uh, this is our first episode. Super excited. We've done all kinds of podcasts in the past, but I think this time we found the way to do it. Uh, today we're talking about George Carlin and the impact he had on stand-up comedy in the 1970s. The comedy world is always desperate for changes. It is always looking for something new and completely original. The largest and most widespread changes in the comedy universe happened in the 1970s. And believe it or not, some of those changes weren't even due to, uh, well, let's just say chemical enhancements. At the forefront of these changes was a handful of comedic powerhouses, the largest and without a doubt most influential being George Carlin. Carlin is the only comedian in history to totally reinvent himself over and over again without completely fucking himself or his career. Although there were definitely ups and downs, it seemed as though every change that George went through somehow managed to push him into a larger form of respect and success. The four phases that he went through was the 60s mainstream comedian, the 70s countercultural icon, the 80s transitional period, and finally the social commentator, which lasted from the 90s until the end of his life. Carlin gained success and notoriety as a clean-cut mainstream comic of the 60s, performing bit parts and characters on TV and the suit and tie nightclub circuit. But that just got to be too much for him. He realized that that was not who he truly was and was ready to become something new. He was ready to become something that he related to better, and that was the rebellious counterculture. Along with the changes George was feeling inside of him, the rest of the world was changing too. Somewhat thanks to chemicals we mentioned earlier. But because George's changes were as real as the 1970s world changes, he was able to use that momentum to push a natural and necessary change in the comedy world. In the 1970s, the style of stand-up transitioned from the so-called mother-in-law sort of punchy one-liner comedy to the more relaxed and narrative style we are most familiar with today. A big part of that became observational comedy, which many people credit George Carlin with the invention of. Prior to him, no one had ever told a joke like, you ever belch and almost puke? No one thought you could be that funny by simply noticing things and reminding you of them, or telling you that these everyday things are fucking hilarious. You ever been walking down the stairs and think there's one more step? Those kind of jokes didn't exist yet. Before him, basically every joke was just set up punchline. But Carlin changed that. He started to relate to the audience. He was the first comedian that you'd watch and be reminded of someone you knew. He made us feel like we weren't just audience and he was the performer, but instead he made it seem like we were all just friends hanging out and talking. He made it seem like he was just sitting in your living room and shooting the shit, which is part of the reason I think his comedy albums did so well, because you could put one on and you'd be like, hey, Georgie came over. George is hanging out. What's George going to say this time? His record career in the 1970s was huge, especially for a comedian. The first album was FM and AM. It was a concept album that demonstrated the change that George had gone through. The idea is pure genius. On one side of the record was all the old material, the characters, bit parts, all the things that made him famous in the 60s. And on the other side was all of the new George stuff, like observations and edgier shit. There's a bit on the album called Shoot, where George talks about how shoot and shit are basically the same word. Shoot is just shit with two O's. And this was a glimpse of what was coming in the next album, which was without a doubt George's most famous album and maybe the most famous comedy album of all time, Class Clown. 
Now, this isn't a biography or school paper about George Carlin. It's just some dumbass rambling on and on. So I'm not going to get into the whole court case and shit like that regarding the seven dirty words. If you want to know more about that, read a book or Google it, cocksucker. But since I do love the seven dirty words, let's repeat them together, shall we? Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits. I remember being in middle school and I had just started expressing interest in the comedy world. So I was like 13 or 14 and I memorized the entire seven dirty words routine and would perform it almost daily at the lunch table. I loved it so much. The lines flowed almost like a song. They had a rhythm to it. It was music-like. You could hear the music in the language. A lot of George's bits throughout his career were very song-like. But the seven words you can never say on television was a really big deal in the 70s. It single-handedly changed the world forever. For real. And that's actually amazing. But the other cool thing about this bit to me was how it was sort of a jumping-off point for George. On the next album, Occupation Fool, he expanded on the seven dirty words bit and turned it into a whole chunk called Filthy Words. And after that, George continued to do things like this throughout his career. He'd make a small joke in one special or album, then by the next one he'd have that joke expanded into a full-blown piece, which just demonstrates how his mind worked so productively and proficiently. He could take a small piece and then spend just a little time with it and boom! Now it's something totally different and bigger and better. As the 70s went on, George's album career started to drop off. And I don't think that had anything to do with his material, because the jokes over the 70s didn't actually get worse. They were all like classic Carlin jokes. But I think it was just because there was new people popping up, and you can't be number one for forever. George started somewhat coasting and wondering where his career was headed, looking for a new outlet. Then out of the blue, this new thing called HBO showed up and offered him a special. George Carlin on location. It was a huge success. He was able to finally present himself in full form to a wider audience than ever before. And now, unlike records, not only could you hear the material, you could also see him performing it. And Carlin, and people don't really think about this, George Carlin was a very physical comedian. Even if the moves were simple and subtle, they were really important to the piece. They always added something. After that, George was offered a second special called George Carlin Again. It was shot at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a special venue because it's in the round. George was surrounded by the audience on all sides. Now, in your head as a comedian, you would think that would be terrible for a show. Your circle, you have to keep moving, but I've done a couple shows like that before, and it really adds something to it. Other comics have filmed at that phoenix arizona theater over the years and all of the specials turn out great the shows that i've done in small areas in the round there's it's something exciting about being surrounded by the crowd and you having to constantly move because in the round you have to keep moving around so everyone can see you and it gives this sort of energy to your performance that wasn't there before George Carlin, again, is my favorite thing that George did in the 1970s. It tops all the other stuff for me. It was the perfect combination of everything that led him to that point. He even brought back some aspects of the 60s Carlin, like Al Sleet, the hippy-dippy weatherman, and stuff like that. I also feel like this special was another big jumping-off point for George, because he did an uncharacteristic, for the time, bit about dying and death. 
And I think it was the first glimpse we got of what was to come in his later years. It was the first time we saw a deeper and darker side of George's comedy. It's fair to say that without George Carlin doing what he did in the 70s, comedy would not be where it is today. George opened the door for generations of comics by standing up and doing what he wanted. He wasn't sure if this move from mainstream to underground was going to work, but he said fuck it, because he wanted more than anything to just get to be himself. He turned comedy on its nose and told the world that everyday shit is funny. There's comedy beyond a wife joke or my kids are crazy joke. He showed the world that there is funny shit literally everywhere. Without George Carlin and what he did in the 70s, comedy may still be done exclusively by people in tuxedos and always end with a rim shot. George Carlin in the 1970s was the first person to sort of show the world that funny is funny and it doesn't matter where or who it comes from. There is always something funny and it might be right in front of your dumb fucking face. Fortunately, comedians like George Carlin are able to grab that thing, or even grab your dumb fucking face, and shake the funny thing right in front of it. Funny is everywhere, but sometimes, sometimes you just have to look for it. Hey, thanks for listening. You can check out other episodes of this podcast and all my other shit like social media, tour dates, and you can stream exclusive audio content on your favorite platforms at tiny.cc slash comedian Carl Gennetto. That's right. All of my shit at tiny.cc slash comedian Carl Gennetto.